Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, Jersey. Mandatory minicamps for the Kansas City Chiefs have gotten well underway, but unlike Frank Clark, your absence for this podcast, dear listener, would absolutely not be excused. Welcome in to Time's Ours. Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor, Seth Kaiser, all here for mandatory camps. No excused or unexcused absences. All three of us here to talk about guys running around, not in pads, but, you know, they got their jerseys on. They got the shells, you know. It, it feels a little bit like maybe not real football, but a real football practice. I, you know, it was nice to be out there today. Nate, I I was glad to be out there and uh, just turn briefly into a rotisserie chicken. It wasn't even that hot today, you know. What are we complaining about? Yeah, it, it, it wasn't that hot, but it was it was great to uh, to to jot down some notes alongside you on some <laughs> practice reps that we saw that will be probably forgettable in October. Not going to lie. October. Uh, <laughs> October. Yeah. Until look, then, the import will I, be. Look, I try. I tried. Uh, but now, nah, man, we're uh, we're pretty much through the offseason portion of, of, of the Chiefs schedule. Um, you know, it was cool to get a get a little taste, you know, get a little sense of what the team is going with. Um, yes, we're essentially a little more than a month from training camp, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, can we, can we just say it? Why don't we just say it, Josh? Oh, maybe we just need to say it. You know, um, it's never a good look when, <laughs> when somebody's like, Hey, and this is part of the job. So I just want everybody to understand this. Like, okay, he here. Okay. He here. All the tight ends is here. Hey, we're, we're five, five at, <laughs> And it's like, then you have to go and you'd be like, was it excused? <laughs> <laughs> or will he be reprimanded at a later date in time? Um, and then it was kind of clumsy. But oh, my goodness. Dude. But Josh, can you tell everybody why Frank Clark, you know, was excused from a pajama practice, as Steve Spagnuolo usually calls them? I'll, I'm going to take back one step farther and and then, yes, I would love to share. So Frank Clark, not around yesterday. Again, you hear an excused absence. Also yesterday was Frank Clark's birthday. Shout out. So, shout out to you, sir. You you around the world another year. Holla at you. I, you know, absolutely. Whatever you got to do for your birthday. You know, I hope everybody had a wonderful time. Yeah. But then today he's not out there again. We're all kind of looking around and trying to see if there's a little five five anywhere to be found. Can't. Find a little five five out there. And like Twitter already had had gotten deep into oh great. We're, we're on Frank Clark's three-day birthday party. Well then Ian Rapp and we like people 
listen again. I was actually out there. I'm not yeah, we asked multiple. We asked multiple times what the reason was, and the team was just like, "It's just excuse. It's excuse. It's excused. It's excuse. Let's move on. Watch so, some seven on seven now, sir." We, we watched some seven on seven and then get home. And Ian Rappaport says that Frank Clark's been excused from mini camps because he has a baby on the way. And I would again, it wasn't in the room with other reporters at this time or whatever. But I would imagine that every single person in that media room went, oh, OK, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he's just a tell yeah. Just tell yeah. No, that's that. fair. Just tell. Hey, tell Chiefs fans that Do you know how many Chiefs fans are. Gonna- There's some of them. I don't think many of them listen to this show. And if you listen to this show, maybe calm down a little bit. No Chiefs fans are going to go bleep that guy. Be out there for pajama practice. Miss the birth of your next child. Like, I, I, yeah, no, man. I mean, that happens. It's, that's fine. It's okay to yeah. miss practice for the incoming birth of your kid. I, I think that's reasonable. I just didn't know yeah. about and, that. And, and it's been clear and documented on social media that Frank Clark has been working out. So, um, yeah, you know, fine. they, and weighs yeah. like a buck 80 at this point, apparently. Yeah, that, that, I'm more concerned about that than him not being in minicamp. <laughs> Which, <laughs> well, by the way, you know what? Let me hold on before I get myself in trouble with a sound bite there. I think he looks like he's in incredible shape and I'm intrigued by it, but he yes. looks like he maybe weighs like 240. And I'm sure I'm wrong because he's a tall guy. I mean, he's built lean, all that stuff. I get it, but he he looks different. Um, this dude understands. Yes. He had a lot at stake last year, but the contract stuff was weird. This year is. Yep. Well, yep. This yep. is it. This is it. <laughs> the contract you, says, Yep. When people who are thinking, oh, you know, well, Frank Clark, I mean, you know, what does it really matter for him? He's never going to get a big payday again, regardless. Mm -hmm. you got to remember, he's he just turned his birthday. He's 20. He's 29, Mm -hmm. which means if he has a good season this year, doesn't need to have a terrific season, doesn't need to be what he was in 2018. If he is even good, let's say he plays all season, as well as he did for like a three game stretch last year when the Chiefs, I mean, go back and watch the Dallas game. Like the defense was like, it was, what? yeah, it what was is- the, yeah, it's the best game he and Chris probably played in, in combo yeah. all year. And if he, if he plays like that for a full season, he will get one more big payday in the NFL. That absolutely will happen because that's what happens to pass rushers. If he does not, if he plays like he has the last three years, he'll get a payday, like, you know, a, a three or five million type thing, which I'm not trying to, you know, that's a lot of money, but they, there could be, there could be legitimately somewhere between 20, $30 million on the line for him this year, at least. I also felt bad not inviting you into the conversation earlier, Seth. So I don't know if you had any other like fun quips about what's mandatory and what's excusable and everything. I just felt like you might have some material that we didn't really get to, you know? You know, those are things that I think married men naturally understand. Mm. Some things are excusable. Some things are mandatory. It's (laughs) excusable to, uh, you know what? It sounds bad, but it's generally excusable to not put the toilet seat down. It's strongly encouraged strongly encouraged uh, that's first day installs okay yeah, guys that's first yeah. day installs but it's strongly encouraged but it's mandatory to take the trash out mm. that's mandatory mm-hmm. this is you can't leave your wife with a full thing of trash and five kids and you got two bags every day and now what are we gonna do seth there's bears where we live <laughs> <laughs> there are one knocked over my trash can the jerk um and this, I, I mean, is, and this and look and this is why we go over this at mandatory mini camp. So you don't do <laughs> these mistakes in September. Right? Yep. That's, it's mandatory. Yes. Cause if your wife has to text you saying, Hey, just had to clean up the garbage. 
for an hour that was blowing all over just wanted you to know can, can you yeah can, can you imagine josh how much of a just annoying assistant coach i would be because <laughs> i would say that phrase 30 times in the last two days and and once again fellas once again this is why we have mandatory mini camp. Like yeah. it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be relevant. <laughs> Just me. Like, and this is why in June we bring in for mandatory mini camp. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Where's, right where's here. the bathroom, coach? This is why <laughs> we have mandatory, you know. Hey, why is 2-4 lining up as a receiver? This is, this is why. why. <laughs> Which, by the way, I so Sky weird. More need, Sky Moore needs to be great because that. I'm sure everyone, there's probably a lot of opinions. I thought 2-4 on, on an edge rusher was weird last year. The very first time I saw it, you know, it was, it was the Green Bay game. And I remember looking at the side, I was like, who is that gigantic corner? <laughs> like, legit <laughs> huge. And my mind was sitting there blowing. I was like, oh, yeah, Melvin Ingram. That was weird enough. On a receiver, every highlight I see so far, it's all I can see is his uniform screaming at me at the top of its lungs. I have never cared about a uniform number before. Wow. Yeah, this it, it just it bugs me, and I think Sky Moore is going to be a really good receiver. So hopefully, I hope he I I hope he goes off for like fourteen hundred yards, just so <laughs> uniform number people can lose their minds for every highlight. I, but, like, how did the linebacker lose him? How how did he, yeah, yeah, how did yeah, the linebacker yeah. lose him like that? Presumably Co- out of the backfield, right? Because Co- number twenty four. Co- right, he, right. He, he ran. He ran him. He ran a 40 yard post route. Ah! Yeah, yeah. I figured he was going to curl. Like, what? <laughs> but no, it, I, no, it's good times. I uh, am 100% with you on wide receiver 24. Just it's a two would have been great. A four would have been great. Lots of options. Lots of things would have been better than 24. But I did learn the origins of this for him oh. uh, just like a, a few days ago in a tweet oh, thread by our like friend a- Matt Connor. I'm going to feel like a jerk in about 10 it's, seconds. No, it's not. It, no, I did think that it would have been, you know, it was like, oh, it was, you know, a, a homage to some great influence on his life. But actually, it's cooler than that, um, just in terms of it's not like a, uh, again, this isn't like a, a memorial number or anything. You'll just hear the answer. So this was, this was Matt Connor uh, tweeted it out talking to, um, to a coach, a coach Lester from his time in college. Um, and he said that he was originally uh, Sky Moore was originally a quarterback slash DB in high school was scheduled to start as a true freshman at corner. He was number three in high school, but had to take 24 at first in college as a defensive back number over the years at Western Sky would get annoyed when offered a chance to switch quote, who cares about a uniform number? I just want to play football and I'll make that number great. He kept the DB number through his position switch at Western and spurned all offers to ever go back to his familiar number three. Shortly after the draft, Sky sent coach a photo of his first pro football jersey with the same 24 for the Chiefs. Lester said it was his way of following through. Quote, he said he'd make the number great, and he did. So, like, oh, that is kind of nice. It's it's kind of cold, you know? It's kind of like, sorry, you're going to you're gonna slap 24 on me. I'm just going to make it work. I'm just going to yeah. make it work everywhere and then, you know, work my way into being a high NFL draft pick. So, again, mm-hmm. shout out to, to Matt Connor. Um, does great work over there at, at Arrowhead Addict and everything. And, and that, that thread in particular yes. taught me something. This, this is what it takes to be a maniacal, superior, <laughs> gifted athlete. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I did think for a second you were going to call Matt Connor maniacal. Um, 
Like, no, I mean, if he want, if he wants me to, I've, I will. I've I've known Matt a long time, and that's not you know we're not. <laughs> yeah, it's not not, not close. Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> that's that would not be high on my list of of ways to describe that. And look, and I'm I'm just saying that in the competitive arena, not in everyday yeah. life. Just <laughs> right. when you lace up the cleats, all of a sudden he becomes a maniacal superior gifted athlete. Mm. So with the with the jersey number twenty four. So um, there's your your I think your quick look at everything. Obviously, Orlando Brown Jr. has not um, was it was, not was it was, was it excused, Josh? Was it was it excused? You know what? I that those terms have never been used. I guess it's because he's not technically under contract right now. Right. Um, so I'm sure I don't have to do that. Yeah, he has not signed the franchise tag. Uh, tender is that what they call it? I can't uh-huh. remember. These. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. He has not. He has not. He has not signed the tender because he don't want it. And uh I'm sure Andy Reid will be asked about it, and I'm sure it'll go swimmingly, Josh. Oh, yeah. I, there's no way that's going to break bad tomorrow. We'll, we'll ask him on Thursday, Thursday afternoon. Just want to warn everybody. Um, but, hey, I, I, I'll say this. I will applaud Andy Reid um, after, you know, some just, I'll say it, bizarre comments about Tyreek Hill's podcast that mm-hmm. is, you know, I guess a thing. Uh, he did say, hey, you know, we love Orlando and he can repeat that tomorrow um, and that they do want to get a contract uh, extension done with him um, versus saying, hey, man, why are you out here telling everybody we don't want to run second string tackles out here, um, <laughs> which was an option on the board last week. <laughs> <laughs> when, I asked him, is- when I asked him the question, hey, coach, uh, next steps. Uh, your guy was on NFL Network. Just you know how you how y'all feeling, and you know uh, he gave a, what I thought was a a, a pretty general, um, understandable answer. So yes, that was voluntary, and this is mandatory, and maybe it should be. Was it excused? <laughs> I don't like. I don't like. I don't know why it sounds better or, or more fun to just say was it excused in a silent voice but um hey hey coach i don't know if blake bell what you know we have not seen him the last two days was it excused like (laughs) i but i'm sure we'll see these guys i like as much as like we as the media like to make mandatory mini camp such a gigantic thing did you know lamar jackson threw a football yesterday Oh, <laughs> like we make, I, we make mandatory minicamp so like such a big deal when like no guys the big deal is training camp like that's when it matters because like the season's on the horizon we would just like you to show up kind of do some stuff meet with the folks have a nice time and go on about your day but yeah you know kyler murray doesn't show up for mandatory minicamp like i i just I find the hilarity in the things that we do. You have to, because otherwise your, your, your whole mental balance as a person, I think is just irredeemable. Um, <laughs> because Aaron, because it's Aaron, not a state did, secret that there was no five, five on the field today. It's okay. Aaron Rodgers have a mandatory mini camp absence and then go on to win the MVP. The answer is yes. I believe the answer is yes. Uh, so anyway, with that being said, Nate, uh, did the chiefs win the Super Bowl today? Oh, of course. I mean, lock it no, down. Give me, give me something. Give me something that you think you know has has been interesting so far in in minicamp that 
Maybe, maybe it's seeing somebody new actually out there working on some things. Maybe it's somebody um, making a return. I don't know. But if I give you these last two days to pick from anybody, anybody leap to mind. Um, well, I know we're going to talk about Chris Jones. And so he did report uh, for mandatory minicamp. Um, he looks, he just looks like a better athlete than everybody. I'm sorry. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's so distinguishable. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I've been watching voluntary practices. And then Chris shows up and you're like, man, that's right. He one of the best football players in the entire league. And he, mm. and he doesn't have to show it a ton. He just shows it in these glimpses, like these few reps. And you're like, yeah. And then like, I don't know if you saw this today, Josh, but like, I think he must have, Chris must have thrown. And again, he's supposed to be non-contact, but like as Mitchell Schwartz tells me all the time, there's plenty of contact. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he must have bull rushed Joe Tooney who did a decent job, but it was very clear that like, Oh, like maybe that's, maybe that's a win for him. And then another rep, he like, you know, started to show some pass rush move <laughs> and then Spags like brings him over. And I don't know if you saw this, Josh, he was just like, just kind of taps him on the, on the thigh. Yep. You're good. <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me see some of the other boys. <laughs> and look, Joe Tooney, holds his own against literally everyone. Yeah. Yes. Right. And and so every now and then you just get got. And that 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 reminds me of one of the most impressive plays I've ever seen from a defensive lineman was last year against the Cowboys when it was third down, fourth quarter, and he just whooped Zach Martin and sacked Dak Prescott. And Zach Martin is an unbelievable football player. <laughs> like, and so is Joe Tooney. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's Chris Jones. I'm excited for this season. If they just get someone around him to do something, you will see all the stuff that we've seen for years, but I'm not going to do it. I went on a rant last week. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to say that's really good to hear that Chris Jones looking good. Like he has for, you know, like six consecutive seasons where he's been one of the very best players on the defensive side of the ball in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's all I think on that. I have no other opinions. Okay. You know what? I might he did, write. He an- did have at least one snap at edge today. Seth, you like that, right? <laughs> you know, I don't mind if he takes snaps at edge every now no. and then hey. obvious passing downs should be it. Because the way that he plays, he's not a guy that can defend the edge quite the same way, which I think he kind of tacitly as a joke admitted to today. <laughs> like He's like, ah, that's really hard. They've got to make a lot of decisions. They end up in space. Uh, sometimes suddenly you're in space against Lamar Jackson when you're on the edge. <laughs> and that's not great. That's not fun. Yeah. Uh, like that's hey, like, hey, 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 Chris, week one's Kyler Murray. Just, yeah. just so you but know. You can't. Like, might might want to stay inside. <laughs> yep. And so, I mean... The, the one thing with him, I, I, we were talking before we started recording. Training camp starts late July. If I have time, because I, I need to review Jordy Fortson, I need to review Trey Smith. Uh, one thing I really want to do is go back and review every snap of every playoff game Chris Jones has ever been in, just so I can point out win, loss, and impact plays. Because, you know, this whole... This whole conversation look, about look, no Seth, sacks in the postseason. It's just a fact. Oh. It's just a fact, Seth. He ain't, he ain't uh-huh. got a, he ain't got that, a sack absolutely. in the postseason. Absolutely. That is no? quite true. And yes, and I'm just, I, I just, I can't handle, I feel like I have failed 
people that have you know, there, there's people that that are that subscribe to the newsletter or that that subscribe to the athletic or that follow me on Twitter that talk about like they've been following me for years and I appreciate you all so much. But like whenever I see someone that like follows me on Twitter and they say something like that to me, it's like I have failed you as an analyst. How did I not? It's it, it's like how I feel. Not that this ever happens, but like when I talk to my oldest son and he's like got something that he just didn't do right. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, how have I failed you as a father that this is where we're at right now? And that's how I feel when people cite that stat to me, because you're right. It's just a fact. It is just a fact. These are just the facts. I mean, Josh, I mean, I mean, I I was going to also make the point that Chris Jones is never caught a touchdown or thrown a touchdown or rushed for a touchdown, Seth. And I just, yeah. I don't know, man. It's honestly, it's, I don't, I didn't want to do this on the show, but like, it's, it's kind of been hard, you know, seeing you really drift to the extreme like this, where it's just like, Oh, you know, Chris Jones actually threw every touchdown pass for the chiefs over the last several seasons. And Oh, Chris Jones is the only member of the Kansas city chiefs. And it's like, we, you know, we've tried to be kind to you about it. Like, sure, Seth. No, Chris. No, there's no other people on the. It's just Chris Jones. But at this point, I'm I'm afraid you're too far gone. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I'm the one with the problem. I just, I, it's just so frustrating that every year since 2018, the supporting cast on the defensive line, which is a is a sum of the parts. People get this with offensive line, but not defensive line. It would be like if you know you got Joe Thomas out there and not a single other guy who's above average. And it's like, well, I don't understand why the offensive line's not awesome. It's like, what? Okay. <laughs> but like, why do we get this with offensive line and not defensive line? Like pass rush is complimentary. Not as in, wow, you look nice today, but as in with an E, it complements one another in case you're someone who doesn't get context. So I just, I don't get it. I don't get why people are so obsessed with that. I understand that he's not perfect. He's not Aaron Donald. No one is. Aaron Donald might be barring one or two names one of the, he might be the greatest defensive player that ever lived when it's all said and done. Yeah. Um, and so, no, no. Is he that? No. Is he awesome? Yes. And so they, 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 they haven't given him any real help. Their big swing was Frank Clark. Frank Clark has been average to sub average for most of his time in KC. So maybe we'll see if that changes this year, because I think if it does, you know, then he'll hit that magical double digit sack number and everyone will think, Oh, he's, well, he's really pulled it together after, you know, like, well, that's why he's, well, you know, you know, he, he, he was, he was on the downswing last year. It's like on at what specifically. And, and dang it. I said, I wouldn't rant Get, and I have, getting, so I hate hey, Seth. He was on the downswing at getting sacks in the playoffs. I mean, uh, I don't know what else well, to tell you, man. Yeah. Well, technically not because he's never been. It's always that. been, it's always been yeah. zero. That's a well, great and that's point. where yeah. we were in such I a mean, look, place. And again, Nate, you know, Nate and uh, Nate, I'll just address you directly. I think the question we're all asking Nate is, is Chris Jones even good at football? Nate? <laughs> I, I think we'll, I think we'll find out later this fall. Yeah, um, we'll find out. No, I, the first time. I, it was just cool to see because, like, you watch enough, you know, voluntary OTA practices and you know that this is like, you know, and Andy Reid's very clear about, hey, this is foundational stuff. This is, you know, concepts. This is like kind of kind of experiment a little bit. And that's more towards like receivers and DBs and a little bit of linebackers of like, hey, what can you do? What are you good at? Um, quick note. Uh, Josh saw it with his own eyes. Leo Chanel. This was one of my notes. Oh, I want to hear about Leo I've, Chanel. I, I have was, no idea what to think. I was going to say, could we, could we spotlight two defensive rookies from today? And that, that's yes. really my only like conversational yes. thing that I, I also thought Seth would have some opinions on. 
So here we, here we go. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the you 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 got to Leo Chanel first. Go go ahead. I'll I'll talk about the other guy in a second. Now look, um, this is again. This is why we do mandatory mini camp. We might want to move this man to the edge. We just we just might. Really? <sighs> because he was such he was because he was so quick to the quarterback, right, Nate? Uh, um, he's not er- slow. He's definitely not slow. To it's early. That's the point. It's early. It's he just. It's it, early. It's. <sighs> Ronald Jones and oh. Leo Chanel went a certain way today. I'm very intrigued by this because I, I have opinions on Leo Chanel based on like the expectations for him and lots of other stuff. So I, 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 I'm. I interrupted you despite my curiosity. Josh, how would you how would you describe the the rep that we are highlighting today? Now again, hey, it's just it's just one rep in front of season ticket holders. His next the next rep I was paying attention to with him in, in past coverage, I also would say had a similar feel to oh. it. And it's just yeah. that we as we've yeah. talked about, elite athleticism does not necessarily translate to elite covering of Ronald Jones during minicamp. I mean, right. that, you leave off. That's the phrase. Ronald you Jones isn't turns. even that good a route runner. No, I, I know. <laughs> uh, 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 I asked uh, Ronald Jones about pass pro twice today, basically for you, Seth, just to be clear. <laughs> did, he, like did, he, did he say like, what? Like, he's, no, never, good. never heard like, of her. You know, you know something no, it was like, like that. He was like, uh, and he talked about being like 80% middle. I think it's kind of interesting. I don't know. It, there's some, there's some fun. Stuff. We can talk more about that later. Uh, but yeah, I, Here's what I, here, you know what? Here's how I'm going to reframe it. And I'm going to give it back to you, Nate. The cadets. Remember, this is this is this is half of the cadets, y'all. It towards the end of the day, we knew Ronald Jones was going to talk after practice. And I had to ask uh, I had to ask you if Ronald Jones had done anything today that we could like ask him about. And it was either you or Todd that said, uh, oh, yeah, no, he he uh, he cooked Leo Chanel a little bit ago. And I went, oh, I just kind of saw, I believe, 54, I think. I, I just saw 54 kind of going in the wrong way. Like, re- like you know how like those old school um, computer cursors on your mouse where like it would have like the long tail where kind of like mm-hmm. it looks like it's taken a long time to kind of catch up again. Yep. It wasn't a good rep for Leo Chanel. <laughs> it's, hey, it's early. It's just one rep. It's He's one very rep. very young. It's- but I... I think yeah. if we're if we're doing the, you know, uh, super young three starting linebacker deal or trying to figure out what his role is going to be. Go forward. I, kiddo. I, I, go forward. He, if he can go forward, he's going to be a menace when he's doing that. But that's also, Seth, I, I don't believe that's a surprise to you as our very way too early report that maybe in St. Joe, maybe he's maybe yeah, he's that's... sticking to Clyde like glue. It's incredibly yeah. early. But that was but a nice little is... reminder of like, oh, this dude's a freak athlete who is not an NFL running back coverer right now. Yeah. And, and I don't want to make a thing of it. Coaches have told me before, uh, pro personnel people have told me before, like, this is very baseline stuff. So what you see here is the baseline for in pads into training camp. Hey, we we're getting really close to like the first preseason game. So between then and what we saw today, like how much progress or how much non progress or much, I mean, I, I assume for most rookies who are drafted, like he'll get better over time. It was just, it was observational, noticeable today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. So that is interesting. And that doesn't necessarily surprise me. I don't, I didn't see a ton in Leo Chanel's 
college tape that make me think that he's a guy who should be covering running backs in space. And what I've had a bunch of people tell me is like, well, he wasn't really asked to do that at Wisconsin, which is true, but maybe there's a reason for that. Now, part of that's just schematic with where they had him playing, but he did zone drops and he could do that, but there's a reason. So like the elite athlete part of him, right? Because that's the big thing. You know, people look at, you know, his RAS and all that kind of stuff. For one thing, it's worth noting that, that our good friend, Ryan Tracy, who does like another functional athleticism score that tries to take into account like explosion and that kind of stuff, even a little bit better than RAS does. He wasn't quite as high on Chanel as an athlete. Mm -hmm. And I trust Ryan because he's smarter than I am Mm -hmm. um, about virtually everything, but especially this. The other thing is, even if you look at some of his RAS stuff, his shuttle and his three cone weren't nearly, I mean, they were good, but they were not like elite the way like the 40 yard dash, the 20 yard split, the 10 yard split, those things were. And when you watch him on film, he is just not a guy who changes direction super well. Mm. Um, Downhill is great. It's kind of the same issues that people had with Nick Bolton, honestly. And by people, I mean me. (laughs) And and here again, again, Nick Bolton is just this mystery of the universe who looks just as fast against pros as he did against college guys, which almost never happens. Like it's genuinely bizarre. Um, but with Leo Chanel, I just didn't see that, um, that, that working in space downhill, elite athlete sprinting to the sideline, elite athlete trying to uh, running down the seam, even like, you know, if you, okay, we need you to backpedal. We need you to sprint down the seam to close down a passing elite athlete, change of direction. Nope. And that's going to matter for the people that really want him to, you know, be a little more of like, wow, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he could be a will, maybe he could be a full-time Mike. Um, Now you can disguise some of that. I mean, they did it with Hitchens for years. Right. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have the same weakness as Hitchens does in terms of getting to the sideline. Right. Cause he's got the speed and explosion to do that very well. But I'm curious why, I, I think that's one reason why they initially were like, well, more of a Sam. Remember Reggie Ragland? How many times did you see Reggie Ragland in man coverage on a running back? They wouldn't do that to him. And he was able to make an impact. But that might be, it's worth noting, that might mean to temper your expectations for how many snaps per game, at least initially, Mm -hmm. Leo Chanel can play, despite being really strong and despite being a great athlete. Mm-hmm. I think that is an excellent way of putting it. And I also don't, f- I feel like we've accidentally now dumped on Leo Chanel a little bit, which is yeah. this show is pro Leo Chanel pretty clearly. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude hits like a maniac. So which can is, we, which, could we, which interest- is why I want to see the pads and St. Joseph. Yes. yes. You know? yeah, Let's matters. see Leo Chanel with pads on. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Could I interest you in maybe just as reckless of a projection from a mm-hmm. defensive rookie who did some mm-hmm. good work out here today? Mm-hmm. Jim McDuffie was not a practice. It is not him for reasons currently not disclosed. Mate, <laughs> keep that to yourself. All right. All right. That's all I'm saying. Just not, we don't. Uh, Andy, Andy, come on, Andy. If it was a real big injury, somebody probably would have said something, right? That's right, all. I, you right. Know, but we don't know. We don't know the specifics of why. Well, look, hey, you know, the team. I'm afraid has, what you're about to say, Nate. You don't have to say anything. You could leave look, it there. Look, the team has its protocols, and I understand it. Like, we're not in the regular season. Y'all are not betting on a game at noon on Sunday, which is the only reason the injury report ever comes out. But still. Okay. 
I would like to publicly say I regret even mentioning Trent McDuffie's name. I didn't need to. I was just going to eliminate a bunch of defensive (laughs) rookies. And as soon as I said Trent McDuffie was not out there today, I knew that Nate was going to try to get this this show back in trouble again. But here here we go. Um, This happened today. Uh, It was not to a rookie. But, you know, we are in middle of June and it doesn't look um, like a major injury. But, you know, I think Josh Gordon may have misplanted or had some unnecessary contact and he fell to the ground and uh, took him a minute to get up. And then he was escorted off the field by, by Rick Bokholder, the head mm. training uh, head trainer, head, uh, you know, sports medicine vice president. Um, and it's like, you know, again, practice ends again. He walked off the field under his own power. So it's not like, no stretchers, no, you know, no needed assistance, but it's like, Hey, any update on Josh Gordon? Was it a calf? Was it a lower leg injury? Was it a groin? Um, was it a foot heel situation? And the team was like, are they betting at noon on, on Sunday? And I was like, <laughs> per my schedule that, uh, that doesn't appear to be the case. And I was told that I, there will be no updates, but you know what? I'll try to ask Andy Reid on Thursday about, Hey, Josh Gordon, who's been a pleasant surprise during the offseason program, had a little slip and fall. Is he doing okay? Is he fine? Like, no, Wait, you that's know, professional journalism asking right there. That's good work, Nate. No, no issues whatsoever. Um, but hey, you know, the Chiefs understand that they are not obligated to give an injury report because they are not playing a game at noon on Sunday. He said, um, you can ask that question to injury tomorrow, to which I said, Sure. Now, to the rookie who appeared to be pretty good today, I will let you continue, Josh. Uh, There was a team drill interception of Patrick Mahomes on a very nice play where he was not even the primary defender. Just ran it down, tracked it. Maybe there there may have been some ideas that perhaps Mahomes was thinking it was a free play. I don't know. I believe it was the primary defender on this play. Just closed in and got it. Mm-hmm. Got Chad Henney a little while later. He almost got, uh, I actually don't remember who he almost got, like literally the next play. But Brian Cook had himself a nice little day out here. It's the, first, it's the first day I've noticed Brian Cook. He got out here today. That's the extent of my analysis. <laughs> that's, that's good to hear because there's a role there for the taking and an important one. I, I had someone ask me um, in, in a mailbag, you know, how many of these rookies do I think will actually see the field? And I was like, man, um, there's some there are there are snaps to be grabbed. And really for Cook, among some other guys, if he can't grab at least four or five hundred snaps this year, it's because he did not seize them. Mm. Um, so that's that's good to hear. You know, everyone, including myself, talked a lot about Cook's hitting. Um, really physical player. He's, he's seeking got, missile. Yes. Um, but he's got good range too. Um, he's he's much faster than what we got used to seeing in that third safety role. Um, and then by much faster, you know, you're talking two steps faster. And in the two in the NFL, two steps is well, it's a lot. It's like the are you, are you are you in the picture if you're two <laughs> steps behind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're talking like two big steps, two megatron steps. No, that's like half a football field. But you know what I mean. And so that's that's a big big deal, and it's good to hear him doing well. I, I I'm excited for Cook. I, I think he is a guy. I think everyone's going to be excited about Chanel. Obviously, Carlotta is the first rounder, but Cook is a guy who could really help swing some things in a defense where they man they love using three safeties. Yep. And, and look, I think, 
you know, I think Cook showed pretty good ball skills today. Um, he he was very close, and and I have it here in my notebook, just uh, that you mentioned earlier. He picks off Mahomes, and as you said, maybe Mahomes thinks it's the last play of his reps for that mm. team period, or he thinks it's a free play based on maybe somebody moved before the snap. Although I didn't, it's again, you're not looking at this like we're on the TV broadcast. It's hard to sort of see certain angles. But then the next snap on Chad Heaney's first attempt in the team period, he almost made a gorgeous diving interception um, as as uh, Chad Heaney was targeting Cornell Powell. Um, and then later on in the practice, he, he, he does get Heaney on an interception. So um, really good ball skills. He, he looked like he tracked the ball well. Um, I will say something that is slightly interesting. I, I wonder if you fellas think this. Um, but it seemed today, uh, because there was no trip McDuffie because, uh, Rashad Fenton is still coming back from the shoulder, um, that we got a little bit more Lonnie Johnson. We got a little mm-hmm. bit more of Brian cook. We got a little bit more Dion Bush. Uh, so in a rotation that you would usually see at training camp before Spag sort of settles on here are the ones, here are the twos, here are the threes. He's he started doing that today, um, which I find to be interesting because that tape may dictate, you know, these the tape of these two practices may dictate who starts as the twos when training camp starts, because I think the ones I would project as of right now to be Legereus Sneed, Rashad Fitton and and obviously Trent McDuffie. Now, the question that fans can argue and, and go back and forth themselves is whose trace do you like the most at the nickel? Is it luxurious need because of the experience, because of the length, the ability to have those long arms in the middle of the field to sort of disrupt passes? Or do you like the hips, the fluidity of Trent McDuffie to sort of shadow guys from the slot? And then obviously whoever that person is, is obviously the other teammate is going to the outside, but whatever they did yesterday and today with these sort of, you know, other guys in the secondary that could clearly, feel some roles, feel some gaps that, that Seth mentioned. Um, whatever comes out of that may be what we see early in training camp from the twos, um, which could play a pivotal role because I think last year they played their fourth quarterback probably more than they wanted to, and that man's name was Mike Hughes. Mm-hmm. So this stuff does matter eventually, and there might be some instructional things to take away from this week, and it's a it's a bright spot that, that Cook – excelled at such a high level today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You mentioned one name in there that Seth just wrote about. And so I, I if you don't, you know, if you want to just offer that segue to us, I, I'm I'm willing to take it uh, because I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to make a lot of time to talk about Legereus Sneed here today. But again, Seth just put the uh, the full uh, 2021 film review up in the Chief of the North newsletter right now. Or that was yesterday, but or was that today? I don't know. Um, but the, uh, the, the news even further on the Chief of the North newsletter is that today, 
is the two-year anniversary of mnchiefsfan.substack.com, <laughs> the chief in the North newsletter, bit.ly slash Seth really hates money, um, <laughs> or bit.ly slash OBJ review, just to go back to his uh, his review of Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, made a new made a new bitly for Seth this week. You did. So, um, but but anyway, all of that being said, if you would like to first, if you need to do any, um, you know, self-congratulations on your uh, on your two year anniversary of the newsletter, feel free. Uh, but also, I, I do want to hear what you uh, what you found looking back at Legereus Sneed, because obviously the Chiefs are going to rely on him again this year. But the specifics of how the defensive back group that Nate just went through is going to shake out. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very curious to know where you think Sneed um, succeeded, thrived, was limited, et cetera. Sure. Um, in terms of self-congratulations, I mean, I, the only thing I would congratulate myself on is I guess I took a risk. Um, but that was mostly cause jazz made me. So, <laughs> um, and, and I usually have like a party horn or a party yeah, no, in my no. office here somewhere and I can't find one right no, now. No, no, no worries. Um, I would also say you guys were also just so instrumental in encouraging me to like, you know, take a shot and see what happens and trying to start something. And, and I, I really think a lot of the best stuff that I, that I write or that I say is largely when I'm, I'm, I'm imitating you guys. And so I really do mean that. And that's as sincere as I'm going to get with you two. Um, but in terms of the, the two years for the Chiefs of the North newsletter, um, people have subscribed and it's allowed me to do things like chart six full games of Legereus Sneed and actually spend, you know, four hours doing that and not having my wife kill me um, because, <laughs> cause it's for work. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, honey, it's for work. Um, and I can do these really niche things. I, I wrote an article about Patrick Mahomes high school highlights, you know, which are off the chain, by the way, Good <laughs> Lord. As I was watching those, I was like, this dude was, he was like considered a three-star recruit. And I was like, what is wrong with what you was, people? yeah. Yeah. Part of me was like, what's a five-star. Yeah. What are these guys? <laughs> well, and that's, that's honestly, you're seeing. And they're like Trevor Lawrence. And I'm like, yeah, you right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, I will tell you just on a complete side note, what they're looking for now it, it, even coming out of high school in quarterbacks is a little bit different in part because of Mahomes. Yes. For years, they believed like only Favre, right? And only, but now they're like seeing like, well, no, if you get a guy that breaks the mold, that's okay if he's the guy. And I, it's, it's a cool thing, but I would just say I can do all that because people's investment in, in me and, and in the website, um, it's become way more than I ever thought it would. And I'm excited to see what's next. So thanks, Josh, for the uh, the the attention. You know how much I hate that. Um, yeah, are you done yet? Yeah, no, actually. <laughs> and it's sure I've actually got a list here of people I'd like to thank. Um, no, so Legereus Need. So I went back, reviewed a bunch of his snaps. Um, I. What's interesting with Sneed? Are you just pretending you don't hear the song? Was that just were you just assuming that something I, was was I auto just, playing in the background that I shouldn't was have just been pushing ahead because I assumed that was like your ringtone. Yeah, and you got to do it pretty quickly to not get a copyright violation. Yep, I know. I, oh, I, played, about, I played about six seconds and then yeah, cut it and then played about six yeah, more yeah, seconds. Yeah, and I, I thought, mean, you know what? I don't think I mean, The Athletic wants me to play any more of that music. Yep. Was, was that even a song? Well, what, what you talking about music? Yeah, it's You're, hard to say. That's music? Hard to say. What? I would say, huh? well, you know, I was playing it. I was, I was playing it 
um, on my own uh, advanced uh, musical equipment here in my home office. So that was yeah, actually technically which, was a cover. That, that was really impressive. And you having a background choir there at your house is mm. disturbing, but not surprising entirely. No, it's so hard to get them to shut up for a full hour of doing this show. Yeah. <laughs> I just make them sit in here and listen and, and just watch me do time zones. <laughs> um, so Sneed, I mean, I'll give you the, the, the long road to a short thought. Obviously you go read the article. I charted every snap looking for, for wins, losses, kind of neutral plays. I call them successes and failures in coverage, which by the way, it gets more complicated every year because every year NFL teams are incorporating more and more pattern match stuff into their schemes. You don't have as much straight zone anymore. Um, it's still there, but there's, there's a lot more pattern match, especially when guys are playing slot. Um, and it just makes things a little more murky. And they this, had, is a, this isn't Madden 90. This is a Madden 2006 anymore. No, it's, it's mean, yeah, it, like, it, it, uh, it's just harder. It's harder. There's, there's a reason why we now live in a league where, a, you know, Tom Brady can throw a pick and Tony Romo can say, oh, well, he just blew the coverage so bad he's in position. And later on, people are like, no, that was cover six. It's like, what the, what the crap is cover six? Like, <laughs> it's like, I was just getting used to being there being four of them. Now there's five and six. And like, I mean, it gets ridiculous. But so what I would say about Sneed, so you can read like the numbers and I go into a lot of detail. Sneed is actually, I think he gets a little more flack than he deserves. He didn't take much of a step forward in 2022. Um, and I think after having a, a solid 2021, we always extrapolate, right? Like Tashawn Wharton makes a few really nice pressures or sacks as a rookie. And we extrapolate, we assume he's going to be 120% of that next year. Mm-hmm. And that just didn't happen with Sneed. The big thing with him is that he's got a really functional skill set. He's got good size, good length, good speed and acceleration. Though That's a great combination of skills especially when you've got good functional strength, because that means you can do a few things. He's kind of in a weird way. Some of his strengths in coverage, it's like Charvarius Ward. He can jam well at the line. He's fast enough to run down the field. I, he, he's, he's, he, I think he's got a higher ceiling because I think he's a little quicker than Ward, but he's also got some of his same weaknesses. He, he just doesn't anticipate really well on breaks. And at times in zone, he can get a little lost. He, he really needs to play in front of him. Um, yeah, that, that was the sentence that I was going to actually ask you about. Yep. Quote, as a zone defender, because I think this has to change, and I'm assuming this is, this is one of the points you were making, but, quote, as a zone defender, Snead is at his best when the play is in front of him. Yep. And for a slot corner? Yes. You're going to need a little bit more than that, home, homie. <laughs> uh, and that's cause, exactly cause, right. Because you can't ID the quarterback, i.e., Tom Brady in the 2018 AFC championship game. Oh, we just running. We just run a cover two man. Cause he can't do zone in the middle. All right, cool. Ha, yep. Where's, where's Edelman. Yep. And it's just like, dang it. And that's, that's a part of Spag's system that I know that the coaching staff is probably eager to sort of tinker with or complicate, but this is where the McDuffie argument comes into play where he might be better at zone from the slot but he might not be as good as man as Snead or the, or the blitzer that Snead has been from the slot. Absolutely. And that's one thing like Snead gets a lot of attention for his blitzing and his physicality and run defense. And he should, he is, he's a plus there and it matters um, because in a league where there's, you know, usually a half dozen quick wide receiver throws as basically like tunnel screens, as it were um, a game, 
It matters when you got a dude that can blow that up. It matters so much of what um, NFL run schemes or run schemes in general are designed to do is get your running back one-on-one against a corner because corners can't tackle. That's a lot of it. You know, get to the sideline and it's me in a corner and I'm going to beat that corner. Sneed rarely loses those matchups and it's a big deal. So he has a lot to, there's a lot to like about him. He is a functional starting corner. Um, He has a ceiling physically to be more, but he does need to sort through his anticipation. And that's, that's in man when he's anticipating, he can get beat on some in-breaking routes um, because he just doesn't feel them. He doesn't feel them coming. He doesn't sort through the routes. I don't think. So that's going to be something to see what happens in year three. If it were me, if I were Spagnolo, given what he does well, I would say to Legereus Sneed, Hey, you are my boundary corner. I know they love blitzing him and he's a, he's a gifted blitzer. Like he's not just fast. He can actually bend around blocks pretty well and avoid them. He, he's really good at it. But I think he might be at his best if you just put him on the boundary because he is a very good press corner. He's physical. And that would kind of negate some of those issues because you've got him right up on the line constantly. And he's fast enough to keep up. That would negate some of the issues that I think he had last year at times from the slot. So there's there's a lot of good. There's some bad. He's a decent corner with a ceiling for a higher one. But we didn't really see a step forward in 2022. Would you add anything to that, Nate? That, that's pretty comprehensive, but also, I mean, please read the something article. Else. Still. Yeah, yeah right. please. You should, you should, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, no, you no, should no. still read the article. And that, another element of it that we always run into is that it's just very hard to predict cornerback yes. play, both, yes. both to properly rate it. I mean, to properly rate it is one thing, but then to properly rate it in a way that can project at all is oh. a totally different thing that basically doesn't even, that's not even a part of, of your job description on a corner evaluation, Seth. It's just, what it's just here. Here's here's what I've seen so far. What's going to happen next? I don't know. He's a corner. I got to yeah. guess, but I'm going to guess. Yeah. Yep. And and again, um, you would be forcing the offense because see the argument that like not the argument, but the the discussion that I have with myself and this will be really interesting to discuss at training camp. But Trent McDuffie's weakness right now appears to be jump balls. And I wrote about one in Tuesday's practice about MVS, you know, and look, I appreciate that. I think Chiefs fans should appreciate that Trent McDuffie was step for step with Marquez Valdez-Cantlin, who's really, really fast. Problem is 40 yards downfield. He, he can't out jump. He just can't out jump MVS. Like there are human limitations, even if you're a gifted athlete. Is there less of that to be, you know, exploited in the middle of the field, or are you forcing an offense to put that player in the middle of the field versus the boundary, a la T. Higgins and the alien known as Jamar Chase? <laughs> <laughs> or is Snead going to get even better at the slot so you don't want to take him away from what his strengths are? Mm. And you give Trent McDuffie, to be fair, less to just learn. Like, it's mm-hmm. a little bit easier for you to be a boundary corner to start your career than going inside to outer, you know, just just here's what your role is. Yes, you have to understand what everybody else is kind of doing in the secondary, but this is kind of your spot. And Sneed has 
way more to do, as Seth mentioned, with run responsibilities, you know, making sure backside gaps are, you know, part of the thought process. Obviously, if you play zone, some of that stuff's in front of you, but you kind of have to understand what could be behind you as well as you work with the safety in tandem with you. And then, of course, what if you double team somebody? Obviously, what if it's man? Like, I just named off six things. And there's like probably six more, but it's going, it's, it's like, you could ask me tomorrow, Josh, and I may say differently where I'm like, Trent just has the comp of a slot corner. Mm. But at the same time, to Seth's point, doesn't Steve Spagnuolo want to play press man? Why would I ask Trent McDuffie to do that if Legereus Sneak can, is better equipped to do that right now? Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's a wrong answer, but the answer that they eventually choose will be will be will be fascinating to watch just because um offenses are going to have to sort of understand what the principles of the Chiefs defense is, but knowing that there are hope you would hope, I think as as fans, that there will be less exploitable things day one, which is like a hey, a hey, Jamar go routes. <laughs> And, and and that guy, he's going to make $14 million a year next season. Go routes. And I don't, I don't know, but you would think these conversations wouldn't, wouldn't matter as much because you have a good pass rush. And we don't know if the Chiefs have a good pass rush. That's well I was said. ready to pivot to something else or something fun, and then you brought it back to the Chiefs' pass rush again, and I got no, a little bit sad. That's not. But hey, George Karloftis, hey, go get it, young fella. How's he looking? Like he's not wearing shoulder pads. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's just honestly, like that's just. Yeah. I, I was seriously going to mention that again before pivoting off to other stuff, but just like it, we what did you call it earlier, Nate? A pajama practice. Pajama it, practice. There, there is interesting, good stuff, but it all has a huge asterisk, which is that it's sort of like it feels like some combine things at some point. You know, it's 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 not even a senior bolt because nobody nobody can hit right now. So I don't know. <laughs> that is such a good phrase. It's not even quote a senior bolt. And those and those kids are trying because it's a yeah. job application. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, they're in bats. There was one little piece of news between the last couple of, of episodes that I do think is, is pretty interesting with the Chiefs bringing back Jarek McKinnon. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I know. Oh, yeah, because he wasn't out there today. And uh, Nate, you just your tone there was like, oh, yeah. Also, we haven't talked about that on this show. Seth and I talked about it a little bit um, on AES. But um, what did you think of them making that move, Nate? And then, Seth, you can just follow it right up with what you think it means for the backfield. Because I actually think that this move is interesting. And I think that this backfield is really interesting. Yes, I, I would agree. Um, I predicted before um, before the start of free agency. So I guess it was this early. This is back in early March, where I went through every restricted free agent that the Chiefs had that was going to, you know, we assume all hit the market, and that even included uh, Tyron Matthew at the time. Um, and I predicted then that I thought Jarrett McKinnon had done enough to to get a look at resigning with the team for another one year deal, which is indeed the case. Um, what this tells me is, is that much to like Ronald Jones said today, and this is a little acknowledgement of both the position and just how grueling the sport is, but yeah, you kind of need four running backs to be operational in a 17 game season, especially when none of those running backs are like Ezekiel Elliott in his prime or Todd Gurley in his prime 
or and and by the way, Prime is like two years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> those guys' Prime lasted forty five minutes. Like Nick, like, like is Nick yeah. Chubb still in his Prime? We about to find out, y'all. Yeah. Like Nick Chubb in his Prime. Like it, like if it's, it's if it's not Kareem Hunt, early Prime Kareem Hunt. Like if it's not that. If you don't have that guy, and there's maybe what ten of those at the running back position, if you don't have one of those guys, then yeah, having four legitimate guys, where one of them is a fringe or one of them is a rookie, makes a lot of sense. Um, but this position, to your point, Josh, is just as competitive as the wide receiver position is for training camp, and I don't think that has ever occurred mm. in the Andy Reid era since he's been with the team for almost, you know, going on 10 years now. Um, these these training camp battles between, like, the fifth and sixth wide receiver spot and the third and fourth running back spot are pretty equal in my, in my, in my expectations going into St. Joseph. What does it mean, Seth, and why do you think they made that move? I think um, Nate really hit it. I mean, in terms of depth, it really matters. Um, I think they also, I think they like McKinnon. Um, I think they made the move probably in part because he shopped around and they, I'm guessing could be wrong. They probably made him an initial offer said, we'd love to have you back at this price. And then he shopped around and it's, it's hard out there for running backs. Um, but he's a guy who's shown he can fit in the system. He can contribute. He's got burst in a way that you don't necessarily see, although we'll see what Ronald Jones does. Right. I mean, that that's something we always keep talking about, right? That half step of burst that Clyde has just not shown in terms of straight ahead speed. And I mean, if you've got a guy that, you know, can contribute getting him back, it's a good thing. Um, It's really it's created a position where you've got multiple competent bodies in the room and that's what you need at running back. You need competent. Um, and there's plenty of competent backs in the league, but it's not a position you want to suck at. And right. so you just, if you can get competent and he's helpful with that. So I'm happy about it. I don't think they should try to get him more than 150 touches or so this season, maybe 200 ish, but I'd be surprised if it even reached that point. Weirdly, he is the best receiver in the group yeah right right now and that's far the most accomplished one yes and and there's chances for year three for Clyde to have this breakout performance so I'm I don't want to deny that Mm -hmm. but at least as of right now from what we have seen Jerick McKinnon sort of feels that like hey third down scat back roll um in a way that was really productive in the postseason um so if he stays healthy, if it's another year in the system, um, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, lastly, Nate, do you just want to talk about Willie Gay's issue yesterday? Um, he got banged. take. He got. Uh, oh, jeez. Look, we got. We look. Can we, you describe? Look. Can you describe the play? It got described in the. I kind of forgot also that there's always a sort of an air of mystery around some of these close practices and everything. It's not training camp out here. So I didn't just want to rattle off every starter or whatever, but this came up in the presser. I feel like can yes. you give us a little play by play. What happened yesterday since you were out there for that? So on Tuesday, uh, I believe this was in the seven on seven period. Uh, Patrick waits, waits, and nothing's there yet. Let me let me go through the 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 scramble drill basically that they always work on, which is like, all right, let me scramble to the right. Let me see how this breaks down. Let me see how the how the receivers are sort of flowing to a a, a secondary or even a third route. And Willie Gay, give him credit. I mean, he the best zone linebacker they got, guys. It's not even close. Which tells you 
that Patrick Mahomes is on another galaxy. <laughs> so Willie Gay sees the initial route and, and I've got it. I've got it. I know where my inside help is coming from. I know who's over the top. Okay. Here comes, you know, Josh Gordon kind of in my area. So I'm going to just almost in like a very Fred Warner way. I'm going to just, I'm going to just show that I, that I know he's there. And Mahomes scrambles. And so you are taught to sort of flow with the quarterback. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> and now the quarterback suggesting to you, hey, I may throw to the boundary. And I believe it might have been Clyde at the time because Clyde had kind of ran, you know, how most running backs. So you kind of run and then you sort of fiddle out. And then you're like, okay, my quarterback's in need now. And the wheel route basically becomes a comeback route. I'm not saying he ran a wheel route because they would, they would tackle me. They being the Chiefs. <laughs> But you get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> so now Patrick, with his eyes, is suggesting that, hey, 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 Willie, why don't you just, why don't you go near the sideline real quick? And as Willie Gay described, they were eye-banging one another. And then Patrick <laughs> no-looked it to the, to the right, or excuse me, no-looked it to the left, moving towards his right. Josh Gordon makes an excellent two-hand catch for additional Yardage after the reception. And then Willie just stares this man down because he's absolutely flabbergasted that I did everything right on my initial drop. I did everything right to extend my drop. I did a secondary drop. I flowed with the quarterback in this, this mother. <laughs> and so it was, it's <laughs> this the, mother banger. <laughs> it's one of the most hilarious moments I've seen because Mahomes knew what he did immediately, and he just sprinted off the field. Uh, like, he just sprinted to the offensive side of the, of the sideline, just ready to get the high fives of, like, look what I, look what I just did. Like, can't <laughs> wait to watch this in the field session, boys. And Willie Gay's just standing there and won't move. Like, hey, Willie, we got to get to the next rep. He's like, I'm going to just stay here and look at Pat until he acknowledged what he did to me. Um, so it was, it was a great little moment. In Tuesday's practice, but yeah, we got the term eye banging because when you eye bang the quarterback, he he may go elsewhere. Here's here's my take from this. So that again, Willie Gay today literally verbatim said that his I, I think he said his defensive coach. I don't believe he named one of the defensive coaches. Brendan Bre- Daly. Brendan Daly would be reasonable. <laughs> um, and he said that his coach told him he was eye banging the quarterback, <laughs> and the quarterback was eye banging him. So shortly thereafter in the media room today, one of the TV anchors, lots of TV anchors, lots of stations that I feel good about being vague. I'm not really calling anybody out. It's just sort of this all in good fun. But one of the anchors was reading their phone and said their director just said, do not use the clip of Willie Gay using the phrase eye banging in any of your content today, please. And here's what (laughs) I would like to say. And I think. Also, I think this came up before the show. You know, maybe maybe you're wondering right now, should you know, did Willie Gay did Willie Gay give too much? Should Willie Gay have said that at the put? If it was Brendan Daly who said that to <laughs> Willie Gay, Willie Gay should be considered for sainthood because I promise you, I promise you, Brendan Daly did not go, Willie, hey, stop I making love to the quarterback. All right. Stop, <laughs> stop I gently caressing the quarterback. <sighs> That's not the phrase. There's a that's I there's a there's a word that follows I in a hyphen in that context that exists in this world. And Look, I the, think Will, Willie Gay did a good job keeping it PG 13. Maybe yeah. 
podium, but he kept it PG-13 today. He, and, and that is safe for television. Gosh, darn it. Pardon my language. He said it on camera when it was being <laughs> live broadcasted by his employer. So, I mean, <laughs> it was just funny. It was just funny. It was it was hilarious. And look, look, we've all been there. You know, sometimes you feel like you're in eye intimacy with someone. <laughs> And then they Jeez. get up and they read all, of our, read all of our work and follow us on Twitter. This is the end of the show. And I can feel it. They, 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 they get up and they go elsewhere and it's a disappointment and we've all been there. It's happened. And you know, that's why this is why we have mandatory <laughs> mini camp guys. <laughs> so that you know how much you can look at the quarterback without the quarterback having to reject you, okay? It's, you know, look, it's a long season. There's going to be a lot of opportunities to, 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 to make plays out there. But I just want to show everybody on the video board, Willie, that's one, two, three, it's four. Willie, we can't have eye intimacy for four beats with the quarterback. Not this quarterback. Maybe another quarterback who plays for the Minnesota Vikings, but not this one, okay? So, all right, fellas. When we show up and say Joseph, just know the reason we – everybody say it with me. The reason we have mandatory minicamp is so we don't stare at Patrick Mahomes for four beats on a play because, you know, he'll just – he will cackily embarrass you. And um, it's 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 a great it's a great lesson. But fellas, I don't want anybody to ask me why we do this because now we know. Now we know why we're here. Okay, it's June. There are no games for another two months. It don't even matter. But but this is why it's important. And Seth, I just want you to know that like you are not excused from <laughs> I banging you know who. All right. We all get it. It's okay. You're excused. All right. Everybody else needs to show up for mandatory minikin. And when you get there, you should be wearing sunglasses because we will have no unprotected eye intimacy on our watch. <laughs>